Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm Lynn Wilder. And I'm Joel Grote, and this is episode two with Grant and Hillary Gardner. And episode one was amazing, not even going to try to do a recap. There was way too much great stuff. We're just going to tell you, go to the podcast website, unveilinggracepodcast.com or iTunes or wherever you can find podcasts and look it up and watch uh, Grant and Hillary show part one. Uh, but we're in part two. And Lynn, at the end of the last podcast, you asked them to talk about something. And I'm going to let you just go ahead and lead back into that for this episode. Uh, One of the things I find when we interview ex-Mormon Christians is they've now kind of taken on the Christianese, you know, and left the Mormonese behind. And, and that Christianese for me as a new believer took me quite a while to become familiar with and to get used to and to figure out what it was all about. In fact, I hate to tell you this, but it took me nearly two years after I gave my life to Jesus to before I even understood what grace was, right, and what all of that meant. But Hillary and Grant both mentioned uh, the words saved, that there was a point where they got saved, or they believed that they were saved, and and or they use the term born again. Yes. So I love to explore this before and after for people so they can tell us what life was kind of like before, then what was this experience you're talking about? And then how did things change after that? So um, I don't know, Hillary, do you want to start? <laughs> okay. Um, what happened was Grant's was he started bringing things home from church and also uh, wanted me to look at things that he had found online. And I said, no. Okay. And this is a Christian church, right? Because what we found out from the last episode is behind your back, yes. Grant is visiting Christian churches <laughs> with his brother. It was your brother, right? Yes, Logan. Yeah. Um, and and you're not aware okay but he's bringing stuff home from these christian churches now even though you're both lds yes okay i just wanted to clarify for that for people who maybe hadn't heard the episode one yet so okay uh and he brought things home and i said that is anti-mormon material and i do not want that anywhere near me (laughs) (laughs) um so what happened was when he was studying and I didn't want to have anything to do with any of that, I told him that I would be praying for him to come back to the LDS church where I was. And he told me that he would be praying for me as well. <laughs> so was it really anti-Mormon material or was this Christian? Was this biblical stuff? It was biblical, biblical. Stuff, but- so yes. what would make you think that something biblical was anti-Mormon? I didn't even know what it was. I didn't want to look at it because I didn't want to have anything to do with leaving my 
tradition of being a Mormon, a Mormon, or being LDS. That was my whole life. Okay. Identity. So all you knew was this stuff wasn't coming from the LDS church. And since it wasn't coming from the LDS church, you wanted nothing to do with it in your mind. That was anti-Mormon then. Yes. Lynn, is that fairly typical within, like with somebody like them where that's, they've grown up LDS. It's pretty much all they've known until a point to have that view that if it's not LDS, it's at least potentially anti-Mormon? I I think so. Don't you, don't you guys think so? Um, Certainly I, I had a great fear instilled in me by the LDS church not to go looking into anything that didn't come from a church source, especially if it was supposed to be spiritual in nature. I mean, they were the one true church. God spoke through the prophet, only they had the truth. Um, Everyone was out to persecute us. Satan was out to get us because we had the truth. And so it instills this great fear of anything that's different than, than what you were taught in the Mormon church. So Hillary, would you say that's kind of then what was behind your response to this? Yes, that is correct. I, that's what was instilled in me is to just stay away from everything that wasn't from the church or published by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Okay, so then what changes? What happens now? Well, prayer. I told Grant I'd be praying for him. He said he would be praying for me, and I said, "You don't, you don't pray." <laughs> he said, um, "Yes, I do." <laughs> and I want to be. I want you to be where I am. And I said, "Well, I want you to be where I am." And he said, we'll see whose God is bigger. Wow. Oh, that's an interesting challenge. <laughs> so we kind of got an Elijah moment going on here, you know, it's like. But Grant, at this point, you're saved, right? I, I was. And, you know, kind of piggyback off what you said about understanding saved or born again. Right. You haven't told us how that happened yet. <laughs> no. Honestly, a lot of it just had to do with me going to church. I, I was hearing out of the Bible, you know, at least three nights a week. Um, yeah. from that were very um, amazing teachers. Um, they made the Bible come to life for me. That meant everything in today's day and age that I thought should only be good for 4,000 years ago type of thing for the Old Testament. I'm, you know, Pastor Rick at the time was going through the Old Testament, and I'm going, this means the same thing for us today. Why? Be- I mean, I just, I've never seen the Bible like that. So you told us that you got this huge hunger to go um, searching church history. Did that now transfer to the Bible, to the Christian stuff, that same hunger? Yeah. um, Pastor Mark up in the Calvary Chapel Rexburg um, told me some fabulous advice of, because I was liking to study anything and everything at the time. And he said, whatever you're studying, make sure you give at least that amount of time to the Bible. So if you're going to read this book for an hour, read the Bible for an hour. Mm, good good oh, advice. Everything else that you're forgetting Jesus, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. I did have a lot of anger at the beginning. I was mad at the church for so many different things, for the book of Abraham and for polygamy uh, or whatever, you know, however many different things you want to look at. I, I was frustrated. I was angry. And I just really had some issues of my own that I had to deal with. Um, and praise the Lord that he walked me through them. Um, but for me... And, and a, something that Mormons don't hear often is the word altar call. Um, it was funny that uh, Pastor Rick would have an altar call here and there where you stand up and you say a prayer asking Jesus into your life and to become saved or born again, however you want to look at that. And 
I'll bet that I said that prayer every time I stood, in, you know, every time I stood up thinking, oh, when's it going to happen? <laughs> but I'd say the prayer. And, yeah. I, and I wasn't sure in my mind because I just didn't understand it enough coming from an LDS background. I, I wasn't for sure. And one day I saw, I had, I have two brothers that were actually attending Waters for Calvary Chapel, Idle Falls at the time. And the one that's about four years older than me, he, he looked at me and he just shook his head and he goes, you're making it too hard. It's simple. <laughs> it really is simple. You don't have to do all these things. You you go to Jesus, you ask him into your life, you believe what he did, that he came, that he died on the cross for us, that he was raised from the dead, and that he took on your sins for you. That's literally what you have to do, Grant. And I was like, no, I, you know, I was still works-based. I, I need to go put a roof on for somebody. <laughs> wow. Huh. So, so, so at what point did you finally accept yeah. that very simple message of the gospel? Um. I'll bet I, I'm kind of thick-headed. <laughs> so, I mean, ultimately, it probably thought I probably go into years to where it really set in. Um, but I would say probably about the time that Hillary was uh, accepting Jesus into her life uh, right as before. her Savior, it was, it was probably close to that time. So it was probably about four or five months mm-hmm. uh, into the six-month range before I really, you know, could tell her that it, it really is simple. It's the simplicity in Christ that we need to be looking for, not anything else. And that's really been the blessing in my life is that I, I, I got rid of a lot of have-tos out of my life yeah. and I found a lot of love and grace. Yeah. So wow. Hillary, yes. how do so how do the two of you start to interface differently? Um, so as you're praying for each other, what happens with you? You talked in the last episode about you had a Christian friend who'd radiated the love of Jesus. So it kind of left you a, uh, open mouth when she said she wasn't LBS because she, she so just radiated Jesus to you um, mm-hmm. and was sharing with you. So how does Jesus finally pursue your heart to where you go? Okay. Well, Grant had brought many things home and I had been praying. I had been doing some studying of my own because actions speak louder than words. And I was very fascinated with Grant listening to Christian radio Music is a big part of my life and listening to Caleb with Grant and hearing this music really touched my heart. And I began praying a little bit differently, asking God for answers to questions that I never knew I had. And I told Grant that video that you brought home from church a little while ago, I'm ready to watch it now. Oh, and cool. And so what was that video about? The video was called Lifting the Veil on Polygamy. Oh, yeah. Doris Hansen. Yes. Yes. And so uh, I watched that movie and I was very beside myself during that video because I had literal proof in front of me that Joseph Smith was a polygamist and that he was not a prophet of God. And I had never heard these things in my almost 30, almost 35 years of growing up LDS. I'd never heard that Joseph Smith was a polygamist. Oh, wow. 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 So that's, that just has to be devastating. I mean, and to see it laid out to where the documentation and the evidence is so clear so then what does that do? Well, it, it was hard. It was very heartbreaking for me, but I prayed and 
God told me that the things I had just seen and heard were true. Wow. So I decided that I was done. I decided at that moment I was ready to walk away. And I took everything that was LDS in our home and got it ready to take to the DI. <laughs> and your kids, how are they dealing with this change? Yeah, because how old are your kids now at this point? Um, at this point, um, Grant had just recently baptized our oldest. She was eight. Mm. Um, our boy, Lucas, was six. And then the three children, Isabel would have been five. Um, Amelia would have been two. And Jacob would have been one yeah. at that time. Okay. So still very young, your children. They were yeah. young. And uh, we talked to them soon after this. And we had been... This is when we started going to the LDS church and the Christian church. Yep. We okay. were attending both services, um, Calvary Chapel on Saturday evenings and the LDS church on Sunday mornings. And the children loved attending Calvary Chapel. And I asked Isabel, who was five years old at the time, I said, I, mom has a little bit of confusion and I had been taught as an LDS person that children come from heaven as babies and that they are closer to God than we are. So I asked her, what church do you prefer going to? Do you prefer to go to the LDS ward or do you prefer to come here to Calvary Chapel? And her and I were standing in the women's bathroom of Calvary Chapel at the time. And she said, mom, Jesus is here. Oh, my. And I said, what about the ward? And she said, well, we just learned about some other guys. So <laughs> to me through my daughter. Wow. So at this point, have you come to personal faith? I mean, at this point, you're still going back and forth. You've, you're disillusioned, obviously, with Joseph Smith and who he is as a prophet in the church. So at what point do you see yourself kind of making that that turn from you know, darkness to light, to to grace, as opposed to performance-based religion? I was very easily swayed because my lifelong friends came to my home one weekend when Grant was out of town. They had arranged it with my mother. My mom had my children, and my friends came to visit me, and they said, what are you doing? Why these are, are, are these LDS friends? Yes, my LDS okay. friends. They came and said, what are you doing? Why are you leaving? This is not who you are. This is not what you want. And they convinced me that I needed to go back to the LDS church. And so I did go back to the LDS church for at least two months. And during that time, I believe I already had the Holy Spirit inside of me because mm -hmm. the, I learned when I went to the, to the LDS ward contradicted the things that i was learning in the bible now was this after your daughter had already said answered the question about the church and that jesus was at the calvary church yes okay and i believed her it was like i just wanted to make sure sure i wanted to make sure 
And God confirmed to me through the Holy Spirit that that is no longer where I belonged. Okay. But you had to go back there maybe to know that for sure. I love that you went both to an LDS church and to Calvary Chapel for a while. Mike and I did that too for quite a while. And it didn't take us very long to see life here, death here, life here, death here. And when they're side by side juxtaposed like that, it became really clear to us and Probably you're right. That Holy Spirit uh, gets in you when you're in the Bible, right? And right. And that's something that clear. I was going to say, and that's something that I'd like to just say for our listening audience is very often within Christian circles and Christianese, there can be this insistence, this idea that you have to have this specific point time conversion you know, where you believed or where, you know, you became regenerate. And I think there is a point where that happens. But with so many people we've talked to and interviewed, like with you, Hillary, you probably can't point to a specific place in time. It's just you grew and aware. And finally, you got to point, you know what, I do believe um, I do have the Holy Spirit inside me. And maybe you sorted out some of the doctrinal implications of that later. But I just want to raise that because I don't ever want people to think that if they can't like point to like, the date inscribed inside the flyleaf of their Bible on this day, I know I accepted Jesus as my savior. If they can't do that, that doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit didn't regenerate them and they didn't come to Christ because for, for many people, it's a process. Mm -hmm. And it's more a, as you look back, you go, well, I know at this point I wasn't. And I know when I look ahead at this point, I was. So somewhere in between there, um, God did a work in my heart and that's okay. Yes. Joel, yeah. that brings us to the second part of the question that I asked at the very beginning of the show is, uh, was about that, how did that born again thing happen? But the second part of that is how, how have things changed now? How are right. things different as a we, regenerate, changed, born again believer than they were when you were LDS? Right. So we've got about five or six minutes left. So we'd love to have you guys talk about how this impacted you guys personally, and then even how it impacted your marriage and how you related as a couple. Uh, I, I will say I, I call Hillary my third wife. Um, we got married 25 years ago. My first wife was LDS. I married in the temple. My second wife was re recovered uh, brain injury. injury. And now my third wife is a born again Christian. That I love every minute of it. <laughs> um, and honestly it's kind of our joke in between us but uh, it affected our marriage in every which way mm. okay it, give us it, some examples it, it took away a lot of the selfishness and i'm not saying that there's not plenty of that still because yeah I mean, but um it, one of the things that we learned at uh water springs in one of the marriage conferences that we attended was you know, if you're getting mad and you're going to have an argument, a discussion, whatever you want to call it, to, you know, to grab hands and pray first before you start talking. And it's really hard to have an argument and prove somebody wrong when you got Jesus sitting there in the room. And <laughs> those are things that we've tried to do. Um, again, don't always succeed, but, um, but life, uh, a lot more prayer about anything and everything. Um, Christian music. Yeah, the Christian music is probably one of the biggest things that uh, changed in our home. I was a metalhead when I was growing up and really liked uh, not Christian music. So, mm -hmm. so that was a big thing for me. And, and just, uh, I mean, mercy me all day long. <laughs> Bring it on. They're great. Yeah. Wonderful. But and, and all the bands, we just, we love them. We've had great experiences and love to go to Christian concerts. And, uh, you know, we bought all the kids Christmas gifts of a Toby Mac concert one year and ran over to Boise to see them. And 
And, and that's just been a blessing. But uh, I mean, unfortunately, Hill and I are just still parents and and Paul as bad as anybody else. But we know that we ask for forgiveness a heck of a lot more than we used to also. Yeah. Yeah. We're sinners. And that is something that I didn't understand at the beginning is that we are all sinners and that we need Jesus in order to make it through this life. Life is difficult. It's not easy. And I just, I am so grateful every day that God pursued me and he had a plan for Grant to get saved first and for me to come second. The six months in between was hell on earth. It was very, very difficult. We did not speak very much at all. And it was just very difficult. And then once I accepted Jesus, we had so much to talk about. <laughs> so Hillary, what was behind the difficulty? Was, I mean, I'm assuming Grant didn't start behaving worse. You'd hope that as a believer, he should maybe showing some of the fruit of the spirit. What was it that was making relating difficult for you? It was very difficult to communicate because he was leaving the church and I was not. Okay. But his actions, his behaviors caused me to be curious. And I wanted to know what he knew. And I wanted to go to church with him and understand why he loved it so much. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And did you begin to see personal changes in him that were positive very much so very uh he's always been a giver and he's a big big in service but he was willing to let the children and i attend the lds church and support us in that and step back and wait for us to come alongside however however long it took. And God is so faithful to answer our prayers because it's a miracle that it happened as quickly as it did. Yeah, that's so cool. Though I would say, um, Grant, how long did those six months seem to you though? 60 years. <laughs> <laughs> but were you, were you seeing progress? I mean, were, do you, were you seeing little incremental steps along the way that would give you hope and keep you hanging in there and keep you praying? And I, we joke, me and my brother joke, especially because, uh, for whatever reason, I, I love coffee. And it wasn't a thing Amen. that I, 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 I didn't do a lot of it before. I mean, I've kind of always liked it, and you know. But when Hillary said it was okay to get a coffee maker for the house, I mean, it was the second coming. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's great. I love it. Well, one thing that I think is somewhat common in the stories of the people we've interviewed, Joel, is that a lot of LDS people have a real heart for Jesus. They yes. really do believe, right? Yes, yep, and, absolutely. And in the LDS church, all of that belief goes toward the church organization. But it's quite freeing to be able to take your faith in Jesus, learn about a bigger Jesus that's more able, and then begin to have a personal relationship with him. I find Mormons really drawn to that. Yes, well, it's so, I mean, it's so different because as we've talked about, I mean, our tagline for the podcast is come experience a grace that heals. It's very hard to be healed and whole when your whole framework for existence is performance-based. 
when you've always got to be doing or accomplishing or measuring up or being Mm -hmm. approved of and doing the right things, that pressure is debilitating. You can't be who God created you to be. You can't be free. And Jesus says, it's the truth that sets us free. That's not possible until you come to Jesus and he frees your soul and your spirit and your heart to love him and be devoted completely to him without any side or deviated devotion to this organization or to a religious institution. Or to and, a priesthood. <laughs> or to, yeah, or to a priesthood. Yeah, at least that priesthood. Thank you, Hillary and Grant, so much for telling your story. They run a transition class, do you still, at Water Springs? And so I'm hoping, too, that we can talk about that uh, someday or maybe even meet some of your people and hear some of their stories. Oh, that would be very um, cool. Yep. We thank God for the folks who have come to faith who are willing to reach back then to Mormons who have questions and Grant and Hillary Gardner certainly do that at Water Springs Church in Idaho Falls, Idaho. So if you're so, in that area, certainly look them up. Yeah. Um, and where can we find, where can people find you on social media or find out about your support group? We'd love to have that in our show notes. So anybody who watches this episode who's in that area goes, oh, how can I connect? Um, you want to give that to us real quickly, and then we'll also make sure it's it's in the show notes uh, um, for this episode. Watersprings.net. Okay. Our church website, and our church has the transition uh, different classes. It's called House to House. It's the groups that our church offers to people, and you can find our transitions class under the House to House groups. Fantastic. Well, we'll link to that in the yes. show notes so that people can find you. Thank awesome. you again. It's Thank- been great, guys. God's blessing on you. And thanks for sharing so candidly and openly. Grace and peace. Until next time. So long. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.